Welcome back, NEC Hoops fans, for the latest NEC On The Run podcast. My name is Ron Ratner, and as always, I'm joined by Ryan Peters at Pioneer underscore Pride, who will take us through the week's action that was. We'll look ahead to next week. We got plenty of fun segments from Milestones and a Twitter timeout to our Under the Radar and Star Watch segments as well. Ryan, as we get going, we've crossed the halfway point here, and it seems at this point we have a three teams making a break from the rest of the pack. That's what it seems like we've, we've gotten to. Yeah, 100%. Bryant, Wagner, and Mount St. Mary's, I think, are the demonstrated top three in the league right now. They've obviously earned that distinction with all their winning. Let's start with Wagner. You know, Bashir Mason's team continues to be on a roll, now winning 11 straight games. They took care of business against St. Francis schools last week. And I just want to talk a little bit about Alex Morales. He had another pristine week, 39 points, to go along with 12 rebounds, 10 assists in both games. And he's now been declared the Ken Palm MVP 10 times this year out of 15 Wagner Division I games. So two-thirds of Wagner's games, Alex Morales has been deemed the most valuable player from a statistical standpoint by Ken Palm. Last year, Morales only had eight of those only. He only had eight of those. Only. Last year, yeah. <laughs> so just – it shows you like the incredible year that Morales is having. He's having a much better year this year than he did in his player of the year season last year. And the thing that really stood out with me with Morales um, of these last two games is, you know, no one can keep Morales in front of him. He's so quick with the ball. He's so shifty. He's got some great moves in the open floor and he's so fast. The fact that he has such great ball control and body control when he's making these transition moves is just really impressive to me. Yeah, I think he's stronger than he looks, too. He's he's lean, but he's strong. He knows how to use his body. He's strong in the air. And, I, you know, he's our MVP from last season. And you said it. He's having a better year this year. And what he's done to put Wagner on his back when they've run into some troubles in these games is even more amazing. And you look at him from St. Francis, Brooklyn. Again, St. Francis, Brooklyn played Wagner. Second time they played this year. Really tough. And then Alex Morales drops 17 of his 21 points in the second half and carries them to victory. Yeah, 100%. He had 12 points in that overtime win at LIU as well, just took him on his back. And just the fact that he's great in isolation and the fact that he could create his own shot or create a shot for teammates makes him invaluable. And you mentioned the strength. I mentioned the body control and his just bevy of moves. He's the complete package. Wagner now riding an 11 game win streak. We'll talk a little bit more about that later, but another team that's been doing a lot of winning lately is Bryant six games in a row. They remain one game back of Wagner, a serious challenger. As we've noted in the past, they played Wagner to an overtime game earlier in this season. Ryan, let's talk a little bit about the Bulldogs. Yeah, they're now seven and one at the Chase Athletic Center this season against Division One competition with a scoring margin of 88 points. They've been impressive and they've stayed red hot, as you mentioned. The thing that impresses me with Brian is, you know, we were kind of concerned about their lack of a true point guard going into the year. But in league play, that's really kind of played itself out really well for, for Jared Grosso's group. They right now have the second best assist to field goals made rate in the NEC at 56%. They are second in the league in total assists second in assist to turnover ratio, 1.2. And so they've done a really good job sharing the basketball and also moving well without the basketball on cuts and off the ball screens. While Brian attempts to keep pace with Wagner, how about Mount St. Mary's? Now has won five straight, is in third place all by themselves. 
and looks to at this point to be a serious challenger to both those teams. Yeah, here comes Dan Engelstad's group. They're doing a really good job protecting the basketball. That was a kind of a, a point of emphasis for Engelstad last week. Despite the winning, they had a lot of turnovers in those two games. This week, they only had 17 turnovers, two victories, and they had an assist-to-turnover ratio of 1.6. So when you do that and you pair that with the defensive profile of this team, that's fantastic. And I think Jalen Benjamin had his best week as a Mountaineer last week scoring 40 points, dishing out nine assists of one turnover, shooting 15 of 29 from the field. And really, I mean, his pull-up game is pretty pure. Uh, you know, he's got, some, he's got some great moves despite his size. He could create separation. He's got a little step back that he did along the baseline yesterday against St. Francis University. And then he's got, we mentioned the pull-up game, but also he has that catch and shoot ability too. He kind of utilized the ball fake in that St. Francis University win. So he kind of showed us a full arsenal of offensive moves in the one-on-one for Dan Engelstad last week. Yeah, he looked like he was shooting with confidence, pulling up from different places. I, you know, I love the mid-range game, so I'm a big fan of Jalen Benjamin. Mount playing excellent basketball at this point. We'll see. We have, we'll talk more about the big Bryant-Mount St. Mary's matchup later on, but those were our weekend takeaways. This week, we'll give you a supersized Twitter timeout segment. Let's start with St. Francis U and their tribute to the late, great NEC Hall of Famer, Jim Phelan. Yeah, this is really classy by the uh, Red Flash uh, men's basketball staff. You know, doing a great job honoring the late, great Jim Phelan, who had 833 wins at the Mount. You know, the staff wore bow ties before their game in Emmitsburg on Saturday. And just really a great job. You know, in this picture, you see left to right, Andrew Helton, Ronnie Drinnen, of course, Rob Krimmel. The great Eric Taylor, he was a terrific player back in his heyday, Luke McConnell, and then we all remember Jamal King. So just a really classy uh, tribute to the staff before the Mount St. Mary's game to honor Jim Fallon. You hit it right on the head, Ryan. Pure class out of the SFU coaching staff. That's the way it always is with that group, and it's great to see them paying tribute to an NEC legend. Now, let's move to Hackensack for the second part of our Twitter timeout. It was a reunion of sorts between Greg Horenda and new CCSU head coach, Pat Sellers. Yeah, I love this. Pat Sellers and Greg Horenda have such a mutual respect for each other. They're close friends. And Pat Sellers, you know, did a great job contributing to that FDU team from 2016 to 2019. One of those teams was a championship team. And, uh, you know, shameless uh, plug alert, I featured Pat Sellers and his impact to the FDU roster in the NEC overtime blog this weekend. And, you know, I, I, Greg just was thrilled for Pat when he got the job at CCSU. And the fact that they, they went up against each other on Sunday as head coach adversaries was just a lot of fun to see. It, it's, a, it's a great story. Very cool. It was, I hate to give you credit, but that was a great NEC Overtime blog article you wrote. And seeing how uh, Pat Sellers had an impact on FDU when he was there. Now, of course, putting his own imprint on the CCSU program. And uh, the NEC coaching fraternity is tight. And this was a, a fun day out in Hackensack when two former coaching colleagues on the same team became rivals for a day. Time to go under the radar. Now, typically, Ryan, we don't see freshmen involved as our under the radar players, but you pick one this week. Yeah, Zaire Williams of Wagner. I've seen a lot of them, obviously, being on the Wagner broadcast, but I just I, I love him because he's a tough physical guard. Um, he's he's predominantly on the second unit for Bashir Mason's group. But I, of late, he's been really good because he fills a need for Wagner in that he's making three pointers. And he had he had four big three pointers against Merrimack at the top of the key. 
he's he's made nine of 19 from deep in the last three games for Wagner. That's a, that's an urgent role. If he could stretch the floor to pair with those fantastic slashers that we already know about and and Martinez and Morales and Hunt. I mean, that is a that is a big time upgrade for their offense. And also to Williams, I just love his focus and tenacity on the defensive end. He really kind of buys into that Bashir Mason mantra of playing hard nosed tough defense. So I think Williams is going to be star down the road. It's obviously not his time right now because we have a big four in Wagner, but he's certainly an important supporting cast member at the moment. Well, a tough NEC guard on Wagner. Shocker there. Oh, good to see. You know what? Zaire kept on shooting. They weren't going in early. He kept it going. Uh, his coach had confidence in him and now he's shooting the lights out. So congrats to Zaire Williams, our under the radar player this week. Starwatch takes us to FDU and their rising sophomore forward, John Mikey Square Jr. Yeah, he's been surprisingly the most efficient player for Greg Carenda this year. He's scored at least nine points in his last six conference games, averaging 14-6, shooting 65% from two. And he's got a great defensive impact with 20 combined blocks and steals over the last six games. I just love his versatile, rangy game. And he's efficient doing a number of things on the offensive block. You know, he could face up the defense his defender and attack off the dribble. He could post you up. He's a good finisher around the rim. He's athletic. And in a small sample size, he's even made rhythm threes for FDU. I like his bounce to his game. And I like, like you said, his versatility. And you know what? I want to find out more. So let's bring Mikey Square in right now. Now we're joined by Mikey Square, sophomore forward from Fairleigh Diggins. And Mikey, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today. No, thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Mikey, let me start. You know, you've been really productive of late. You've played really well in NEC play. You're averaging 14-6, shooting 65% from the field. Um, and you've been really, you know, versatile defensively. You know, what has been the difference for you going from your freshman to your sophomore year in terms of production? Because I, I would argue that you've been the most efficient player on the Knights thus far this season. Yeah, so, you know, G talks about, like, getting to your spots a lot, you know. So that was one of my biggest things coming into my sophomore year, just getting to my spots, knowing confidently I can make the shot, you know. Uh, he also wanted me to uh, start shooting more threes so I can spread the floor. So the, I would say those are the two biggest things. Mikey, FDU has that St. John's High School connection. First it was Darian Anderson, then Devin Dunn, now you. Did that connection with FDU play a role in your decision to become a Knight? Oh, yeah, of course, you know, uh, St. John's is family, you know, they always look out for us. And Dev was confident, Darren was confident. So I trust them and uh, I would say definitely play a decision when you come in here. Yeah, I love the versatility in your offensive game. You know, you do a number of things really well um, and the advanced metrics kind of prove that, right? So, I mean, what is your go-to move right now on the floor? I mean, I love your face-up game, your dribble drive game. You could post people up. You know, you're kind of unorthodox in the post-up game, but you're also very effective. You mentioned, you know, in small sample size, your catch and shoot, your rhythm three-pointers have been really good. And also, too, you could finish in the open floor. What do, you, what do you like best? What are you most comfortable, like, finishing in the offensive end? Definitely that right hook, you know. You see me do it a lot, uh, whether I'm on the left side or right side. You know, uh, as long as I get to my right hook, you know, I feel like it's going in. Yeah, per shot quality, your, your advanced metrics on the – when you post up on the right block, that's your most efficient side. I don't know if uh, Coach Lapis or Coach Herender or Coach, uh, you know, Hall have told you that, but yeah, you got, you're very efficient on the right block. Yeah. 
Yeah, they uh they tell me, like once I get in my spot, you know, just go, just go, go. I don't even look past. Mikey, Ryan will sit and talk analytics with you for hours, but analytics don't bring in the ratings. So let's let's go to somewhere. Let's have some fun now, okay? We here at NEC on the on the run, we love Greg Horenda because he's a big personality. He's one of our favorite coaching personalities. He's probably nationwide he is. Do you have a funny story that you can tell us about your head coach? Yeah, you know, so he, he always brings it up because, you know, my dad played uh, football at Miami. So, you know, every time, like, either I'm doing something good or bad or just, just in general, he just look at me and just be like, you know, we only brought you here because your dad played at Miami. And, and I just laugh all the time. <laughs> That's hysterical. That's good stuff, Mikey. All right, Ryan, I know you got one. Yeah, I mean, just just to lead off that, you got you got to recruit athletics, right? If you're an athletic kid, you got to recruit. So I, I can't blame Coach G for that at all. Um, you know, you guys had a great win last night um, or yesterday afternoon against Central Connecticut State. Um, you know, what is this? You guys are young. You guys are really young. You got yourself. You're a sophomore. You got a lot of freshmen and sophomores in this team. I believe 11 scholarship guys are underclassmen on this night's team. So how do you guys finish strong? You know, Coach Horenda has always prided himself on his team's playing well in February and March. What do you guys have to do now that you're entering the month of February to play well? Um, great question. I think we have to really come together as a team, you know, especially like close games. As you saw before, we lost a couple close ones and it's tough because we, we're playing against experienced guys, but we don't make excuses for ourselves. So I think at the end of the day, like he can put out plays and stuff, but on our, on our end, we have to like figure out how to win the game. And that comes with just being composed, making sure that we run what we're supposed to and uh, taking care of the ball. Yeah, how difficult has it been? Because obviously I think you've had some kind of influx, you have, you've had some flux with your roster, obviously, because you had some COVID pauses, you've had some injuries. So how difficult has it been for this team to kind of cohesively come together and, and play? and? Are you guys starting to get your groove now that you're, you're like you said, you had some close losses. You almost beat LIU at the Rothman, then you beat Central Connecticut. Are you, are you guys starting to get into a better rhythm now? Yeah, you know, like you said, beginning COVID and all that, it's tough to get your rhythm, especially since this is basically a brand new team. But we are starting to get our rhythm. You know, I, the players, like our players, just, we just feel more confident in our abilities now that we've been playing together for together now. And we've had a, we have a full roster finally, so um, definitely confidence, you know. Mikey, last question for you: What time maybe to do a commercial for your school? What makes FDU so special? What makes FDU so special? Um, diversity. You know, we have kids from all across the country. I learn something new every day about them. Even my my friends from Canada, you know, they tell me new things, and I just take it in all the time, you know, they, uh, it's a lot of love around here. Everybody's genuine, you know? So I would say just, they take care of you. They really have your best interests out for you. You know? What a great answer. If I wasn't a Mikey square fan before I'm a bigger one now, that was, that was excellent. Well, thanks so much for taking the time uh, to be with us. Good luck the rest of the season. And uh, we'll be rooting for you when you take the court again this week. Appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. All right. That was Mikey Square Jr., rising sophomore at Fairleigh Dickinson University. We're headed to New Britain for our NEC Play of the Week, and it goes to a KG veteran, Ian Krishnan.
just clutch, clutch, and clutch, you know, tied at 60 with 30 seconds left. Great play call by Pat Sellers. You know, um, Christian goes, goes into the painted area and then just comes out for kind of the, the off the ball screen, gets open and just hits the three at the top of the key, just a clutch shot. It was great to see his number called. He's made 40% of his threes this year. So he's kind of had a reclamation to his career. The senior has and uh, good win for Pat Sellers at home. I always thought that the Central Connecticut team would win some good games at home and surprise some people. This was one such win against LIU. Yeah, I think it's a great win. They're going to have the playing so many freshmen. They're going to have games where they're going to be up. They're going to be down. This was a game where they showed a lot of moxie coming from behind in the second half. And in the end, they turned to their veteran and he came through with our NEC play of the week. Not a player this week, but our milestone concerns a team, specifically Wagner and their 11-game win streak. Ryan. Yes, if this sounds familiar, a double-digit winning streak, it's because it happened last year. They had a 10-game winning streak in 2020-21. And this is actually now the longest winning streak they've had since P.J. Carlissimo Seahawks back in 1979, won 16 straight at Wagner. So it just kind of goes to show you how good this team has been of late, the fact that they could kind of sniff the P.J. Carlissimo days, uh, just very impressive. One more nugget, and then I don't want to put the jinx on them, but looking ahead, the NEC has never had an undefeated team in league play. The closest we came was that great Central Connecticut State team from 2001-02 that finished 19-1 and when we had a 20-game schedule. Wagner right now, 10-0, and 8 to play. We'll see what happens. But congrats to Wagner on what they've done so far, which is remarkable. We'll highlight two NEC TV games on our games to watch this week. First, a New York metro area battle, FDU visiting St. Francis, Brooklyn on Thursday at the Pope Center in a game to air exclusively on ESPN+. Yeah, I love the individual matchups here, Ron. You know, it features two of the league's most dynamic athletic guards in Michael Cubbage and Brandon Rush for FDU. And then two of the league's best forwards, especially guys that can take you off the dribble and face you up. FDU has Mikey Square. We've talked to him earlier in, in the show. And then Patrick Emelian has been fantastic. He was our star watch guy last week for St. Francis, Brooklyn. Two days later on Saturday, we have another heavyweight matchup out in Emmitsburg. Two streaking teams, Bryant visiting Mount St. Mary's in a game to air at 4 p.m. on ESPN3 and Masson. Yeah, offense versus defense here. The Mount has the league's, once again, the league's best defensive efficiency. They're holding league opponents at 43% from two, 30% from three. They block 13% of their opponent's shots, obviously led by Nana Opoku, Messi Offram, Malik Jefferson. They just do a great job. But Bryant's really excelled inside the arc. 54% of their twos have been converted for points. They protect the basketball really well, and they get to the charity stripe a, a ton. So I'm really looking forward to this matchup in Emmitsburg. Yeah, Ryan, circling that one on the calendar, Mount St. Mary's hosting Bryant. And as always, you can catch all the NEC action on NEC Front Row and on the NEC On The Run series of mobile apps, all for free, all with just one click. Well, Ryan, that'll about do it for this week's podcast. We've rounded the corner into the second half of the season. We are into February. The action is heating up NEC tournament just a little over a month away. Can't wait to see what happens down the stretch. Thanks again, Ryan, for joining us. My pleasure. All right. We'll be back next week with our next NEC on the run.